Hebrews 10:23 it says let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful I'm going to read it one more time let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering when he says without wavering it means after you have made a confession a positive confession that you are trusting God for a miracle for a healing for a breakthrough then something is going to happen to contradict that which you were believing God for that's why it says we need to hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering and then why are we holding fast to that confession here's the reason for he who promised and that is God is faithful our god is faithful our god is faithful i believe is romans chapter 3 verse 3 where the bible says what if some did not believe shall their lack of faith or their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of god and the answer is no because whether we believe in god or not whether we have faith in him or not he remains faithful that which he said it shall surely come to pass his promises are yes and amen if he promised you something it's only a matter of time and then he's going to do it so the bible declares let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering and what are we confessing we are confessing his promises and amongst his promises he promised us healing he said by his stripes we are healed amongst the the promises he promised us provision he says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want right and then he says he supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory so we confess what he promised us to confess it means you are speaking the truth you are repeating what you have heard or you are repeating what you have seen so we have read and we have heard in the scriptures the promises of god and we therefore need to hold fast our confession without wavering if you are sick you must trust god for your healing and then confess the healing scriptures the healing verses and walk on the basis of the promises of God and trust him because his words will never return void his words will accomplish every purpose to which they were sent to because when God speaks it becomes a law when God speaks he legislates when God speaks he aligns and his words will never return empty they will never return void because God speaks as an authority in Jesus name when god speaks the bible says the word became flesh and the word dwelt amongst us in other words he spoke until he saw what he said and at the end he said let us create men in our own image so that with the power of their tongue they can be able to legislate and change situations and atmosphere because these people are created in the very image of god so when god created us he never said we are creating men to look like us no he said we are made we are creating men in 
our image. In other words, God was replicating and not duplicating himself. So when God looks at us, he sees his exact replica in the image of God, in the very likeness of God. So we were not created to look like God. We're not God's lookalike, but we are created to replicate God so that when he sees us, he sees himself. And how does God create? He creates by speaking. How does God legislate? He legislates by speaking. And in the same manner, we ought to change situations by speaking, by declaring uh, that which the Lord has said. We need to bring a positive confession. When someone is sick, we speak the healing power of God. When someone is unemployed, we are praying for a door to be opened for them to be employed. Because who are we? We are the children of God made in the image and the likeness of God, replicated to be gods on this earth because there is a God in the heavens and we are gods on earth so that it qualifies the verse that says he is the God of gods and he is the Lord of lords. Who are those gods and who are those lords? It is none other than us because we we were replicated in his image. Amen. So as God creates by speaking, we also ought to create by speaking. That's why in the book of uh, Proverbs, he says, life and death is in the power of your tongue. In other words, we are where we are. We have what we have as a result of the things we have spoken yesterday. So if we need to change our destiny or where we are going, we need to change the way we speak especially about ourselves. If you say, I am a failure, guess what? You will definitely be that because the greatest prophet of your life is yourself because the power of life and death is on you and no one else can speak otherwise. The greatest prophet, the greatest person that can speak positive things or negative things and see them happen in your life, it is you. So, The Bible says, I believe in Deuteronomy, God says, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you, that I give you life and death, curses and blessings. And then he says, therefore, choose life. In other words, the honors to choose, they rest upon us and not on God. God is giving us options, but God is not choosing for us. He's giving us the luxury of choosing and we need to choose wisely and choose thinking for tomorrow. So the choice is upon us. If you want to choose life, you will start speaking likewise. If you choose death, you will speak likewise. The Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. In other words, God is acknowledging that the person is weak, but he says for you to come out of your weakness and enter into your strength, you must speak strength. You must change the way you speak. You must change what you see by speaking differently. You need to speak a different language for you to see different results. So when you say, I am strong, you are not in denial. You are speaking into existence what you want to see. For example, in the beginning, there was darkness when God created the heavens and the earth. And what did God say? He said, let there be light. He was not in denial of the existence of darkness, but he spoke into existence what he wanted to see. And what happened? There was light. Why? He decided to speak what he wanted to see. 
So in the midst of your sickness, in the midst of your problems, speak a solution. Change the whole thing by changing your language, by changing how you speak. In Jesus' name, things will change by the time you change how you speak. So the Bible says we need to hold fast our confession without wavering. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. You know, people change every now and then, but if God says something to you and for you, he will not change his mind about it. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. And then it then asks a question, has he said it, will he not do it? Has he spoken it, will he not make it good? So that is the kind of God we are serving. He never changes his mind. If he says he loves you, that is unconditional. There's nothing you can do about the fact that God loves you. There's nothing that you can do to change God's mind in, in as far as him loving you. So the fact that he loves you, it has no condition in it. It is unconditional. He doesn't love you because of. He loves you in spite of. So regardless what you do or you don't do, the love of the Lord is immovable and unchangeable. He loves you unconditional. He, it's an endless love. It's a love that happens by default. You don't have to do anything, whether you receive his love or you don't receive his love, whether you reject him, you don't reject him. He continuously and consistently is by the side of loving you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever perishes, or rather whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God loves you. And there's a difference between love and passion. So when you love, love is kind, love is patient, love doesn't keep records of wrongs. Love is good, love has all the good qualities. But passion, passion says, I am willing to go through a lot of things like Jesus did. He was willing to go through the cross, be persecuted, be crucified, all because he's proving the existence of love. So passion says, no matter what comes my way, I will face it and deal with it and knock it out of my way because I am proving the existence of love. Love is kind, love is patient, love is caring, but passion says I'm willing even to go through danger to actually prove the existence of love. So for God so loved the world, but Jesus was passionate about the world such that he was willing to die on the cross to prove the love of the Father for the world. God loved us, he gave the son to die. The son was willing to become a sacrifice to prove the passion of love, the passion of Christ. Praise the Lord. So now we need to understand, let's come back to the context. We need to change atmospheres, situations, realms, all by changing how we speak. You wonder why there's many social ills in our communities. It is because once you see something wrong happening, you, you are baptizing it by adding more wrong words upon it. And say, yeah, it was supposed to be like that because, you understand? But now, if you want the whole thing to change, you must now change how you speak. When you see negative things, you must say, that was for the last time it is happening. As of today, such and such will not happen. But the contrast will happen in Jesus' mighty name. And pray about it and live to see 
the seeds you have sown come into fruition because you have changed everything by speaking words into existence. Now, the Bible says, God speaks those things that are not as though they are, and then they align. They become that which God said, right? And we are created in the likeness of God, which means we also can speak the things which are not as though they are, and we speak them into existence merely by using the power that is God-given in our tongue. So we need to have a positive confession. To confess, it means you are speaking the truth. There is no higher truth than the truth in the Word of God. Any truth outside the truth of the Word of God is the truth below the Word of God. Amen. So the, mo- the utmost truth is what God has said. If God said it, it shall surely come to pass. Now, there's a difference between the truth and the opinion. Now, all the other truths outside God's truths, they remain the truth. But the minute you bring the truth of God, all the other truths, they become opinions and not even facts. Right? Now, here's the situation. It's the truth and it's the fact that HIV is incurable. Until God comes into place and then he starts healing and then it will look like the truth that was spoken before was a lie. That's why I'm saying all truth outside the truth of God, they remain the truth. But the minute the truth of God comes into place, all the other truth will seem like opinions and a lie. Because God is able to change the unchangeable. For example, suppose you are wearing something black. If I come and say it is white, it's a lie. Because you know and I know it is black. But if God steps into the situation and say, that black thing you are wearing, and then he says, it is actually white, it then becomes the truth. You know why? Because God is God, that which he says is truth. What you are wearing will change a color to line up with what God said, because God is not a liar. So all truths outside God, they remain truth until God comes in the situation and then rearrange with one line, one sentence, and then it looks like everything else was a lie before he came. So you understand the power of divinity and godliness. Okay, let's take it home. Let's take it home. You know and I know that in order for a child to be conceived, you need a male and a female to interact let me put it in a bible way you know you need a male and a female to interact and out of that interaction a conception takes place and now if you exclude the male or the female in that interaction there's no conception that is the truth right but when god steps in he will find a virgin by the name mary and then overshadow her with the anointing and then before you know it conception took place But if I said to you, Mary is going to give birth without an interaction with a man, you would say it's a lie. And you are right. 
until God comes and proves us wrong. Because any truth outside God's truth becomes the ultimate truth. But when God steps in with his truth, then the truth we had before becomes null and void. I don't know what you were told by the doctors. I don't know what you were told by the people of the world. It was the truth, right? It was based on facts. They've proven it. Wait a minute. They've proven it until God steps in as he's about to step in. So when God comes, he then rearranges everything with one line. And then he says, let the weak say I am strong. Let the sick say I am healed. Let the blind say I can see. And as we are rehearsing those words and repeating after God, we begin to see the things he is saying. Then all the truth that was there before, it becomes a lie. So I'm saying to you, you were told things. I don't know why I'm saying this, but you were told things and you believed them. You were right by believing. But now it's time you take your belief to a higher level and believe in God. The Bible says, eh, when you pray and you believe, doubting nothing, it shall be done. So whatever you ask God, in spite of the truth that was given to you, you are now asking God on the basis of God's truth that I am in this predicament and I'm not in denial of it, but I want to speak a turnaround in this situation. I want a transformation then you ask God on the basis of the truth in his word that God, you are God. When you appear, demons disappear. When you speak, things line up. When you declare, you legislate. Speak even in my situation and see what God would do. The Bible says the whole creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. What for? Not just to appear but to appear and to change whatever that has been happening by speaking life, by speaking light, by speaking healing, by speaking positive things in Jesus' name. So it's important, saints, to understand that the power in you is matchless and it is the power on your tongue. You know, if they can take your ability to speak, they have taken away life from you. Because as a man thinks, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. We express by speaking. We change things by speaking. We tell people we care about them by speaking also. The power of words, the power of life and death is in our tongue. The most powerful um, part of your body, it is your tongue. You eat, you taste, you drink using the same tongue. You curse, you bless using the same tongue. You speak life, you speak death using the same tongue. You plant, you uproot, using the same tongue. So it's important that you guard your tongue with your all so that you only speak words 
that are seeds, that are full of life, so that in due time, you begin to see the harvest of the seeds sown by your tongue. Sow seeds in the morning. When you wake up, make a declaration. The devil is in trouble. I woke up. I'm going to change a whole lot of things. I'm going to legislate. I'm going to speak blessings to whoever I come into contact with in Jesus' name. One out of the ten must change to whom I come into contact with. One out of the ten at least must be blessed after I've contacted them. Speak declarations. Speak positive things. When I send my CV, as I go there, it's just a formality, but as I send it, it's a done deal. I'm employed. I'm taken. I'm chosen. And I'm going to get the best salary compared to what I'm getting now. Speak it into existence. When you wake up, my day is coming for a blessing. It might not be today, but it's coming closer in Jesus' mighty name. My day is coming for a miracle. It might not be today, but it's coming quicker in the mighty name of Jesus. My day is coming to come out of debt. It might not be today, but the day is coming in the name of Jesus. Encourage yourself in the Lord. It's going to happen in whose name? In Jesus' name. Acknowledge that it's not by your might or power, but by the Spirit of God. Acknowledge and say, it's going to happen in Jesus' mighty name. He said, ask anything in my name and it shall be done. Now is the opportunity to declare things and ask for things in the name of Jesus. Now, the name of Jesus is more like a stamp of approval, especially when you are in right standing with God. When you ask anything in the name of Jesus, God says it's approved, it's done. So he does it. He will dispatch angels and they will start bringing blessings and answers and all of those things, protecting you on your way to work, on your way to school, on your way to do your business wherever you do your business but you'll be ever protected remember i said there are four levels of the presence of the lord right firstly we have the omnipresence that is the presence where god is everywhere at all times but in that realm of the presence god is not doing anything for you he's not fighting for you he's not protecting you he's there merely to know what is happening in his whole earth right Second level of the presence is called the indwelling presence where the Holy Spirit resides in you, not by you, not next to you, but in you. Where the Bible says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit for he dwells in you, right? That is the second level. So when you walk like that, the presence of the Lord is in you. You are basically the, the, the walking tabernacle. You are the walking temple of God. You are the walking presence of God because where you are, God is there. And while he's operating in the indwelling presence, he then heals what, whatever is wrong on the inside of you. He will heal your tongue, how you speak. He will heal you emotionally. He will heal you psychologically. He will heal you in every area of your life that needs healing in your body. Right. Now, the third level of the presence is called, right, we've touched the indwelling, the omnipresence. And then um, the sovereign presence is the third level. Sovereign presence, remember in Exodus when Moses was doing miracles, Pharaoh brought his magicians to match the miracles, right? Then there was a time when God was using Moses with the miracles. He says, now the miracles I'm going to cause you to do, no one will match them. 
So when Moses did those miracles, Pharaoh could not match the level of the miracles that were performed by Moses. Why? God was proving that I as God am sovereign and I have no equal. I rule alone. I have no match. No one can match what I do. So God was proving his sovereign presence in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So it's important to understand the dynamic or the dynamics of the presence of the Lord even in your life. Hallelujah. So take care of that. And then with tongues, we spoke last, uh, there are levels of tongues as well. Um, There's other tongues, which is other languages, where in the book of Acts chapter 2, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances, right? So they depended on the leadership of the Holy Spirit, not what is happening in this day and age where people are saying they're speaking in tongues. So you speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives you utterances. He will, he will, he will, Basically, he will give you the vocab, he will give you the words to speak, but then you only bring the voice. You are voicing out, you are voicing outwardly what you are hearing inwardly. So those were the tongues spoken. But in essence, the tongues spoken in the day of Pentecost, it was normal languages, foreign to the speaker, but familiar to the hearer. Right. So the second level of tongues is what we call groanings. You know, groanings in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, the Bible says, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, uh, there's no utterance taking place. To groan is to make a sound in response to pain, right? And to groan is to make a sound in response to pain with an expectation to receive something. The perfect example or the classic example is when someone is going through labor, right? They are groaning. They are making a sound in response to pain, but with an expectation to give birth. So when we speak in tongues, there are those tongues which there's not even an utterance. I want you to understand that there's no utterance in there. It's just like you are making a sound in response to pain, but pain in an expectation to receive something. A classic example of that would be when Hannah, if you read the book of 1 Samuel, around chapter 1, chapter 2, 1 Samuel, Hannah uh, could not give birth, and then later on he went into the temple to pray. So he was she was groaning. That's why the Bible says, uh, early the priest saw the mouth moving, the mouth of Hannah moving, but no words were coming out. She was only crying. So if you allow me, she was groaning with an expectation to receive. That's why God then answered and say, a child you shall give birth to. So the barrenness is dealt with. Now you're going to give birth to a child and the child by the name Samuel, the prophet was born. Why? Someone was groaning in prayer as the spirit was making the prayer intercession which cannot be uttered. Am I making sense? Right, I think so. And then the third level of tongues is unknown tongues. Those are the tongues that we, you and I know about and we hear now and then in church and people are praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. Those are unknown tongues. There's a difference between other tongues, groanings, and unknown tongues. Unknown tongues is also 
foreign to the speaker and foreign to the hearer unless God brings an interpretation. Those are tongues inspired by the Holy Spirit as you are praying and you are praying according to God's will for your life and for other people's life. So in other words, when you speak in those tongues, there's never a selfish prayer in those tongues. Right. Final conclusion of tongues is the tongues of angels. Now, Abraham had angels visiting him. Daniel had angels visiting him. Jeremiah and so forth. Zechariah had angels visiting him. Now, what language were they speaking? None other than the tongues of angels. So, saints, please be encouraged. The more you dig deeper in the word of the Lord is the more you grow in these levels. The more you walk in one level of the presence of God to another until you reach the sovereign presence of the Lord, where God says, I am God and no one can compete with me. Amen. So it's important to understand the power of the tongues, speaking in tongues, and the power of the tongue as the object or the body part, you know, that thing in your mouth, the power of that tongue. Yes, understand that. That's why Paul, at some point, speaking in other tongues, says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all because he understood the power of tongues. It's very important to acclimatize yourself with tongues. And also, when you pray, pray the promises of God. Pray scriptures, pray the verses, and see what God will do. Start trusting God for little things as a daily bread. Father, trust you that tomorrow I'll have bread to eat even though you know that you're going to afford it. But show him that you depend on him. Show him that he is the source of everything. Father, I trust you that I will sleep peacefully tonight, wake up peacefully and energetic for tomorrow, for work, for my assignments, for my projects. I trust you that this year is going to end much better than last year. Make confessions. Make declarations. We decree what he said. And we decree what we have seen. We declare and decree what we have seen. God says, set, set watchmen upon the tower. Let them declare what they see. So once you have seen it in a dream, you have seen it in a vision, you have read it in the Bible, then the honors are upon you to declare it. So the Bible declares in 1 John chapter 1 from verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life that was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. It's important to make sure that the minute you walk in the realm of declaration is the minute you have seen something, you have heard something, or you have read something. So that that which you have heard, you declare. And once you declare, the Lord will then activate it. The Lord will then manifest it into the realm of life in Jesus' mighty name.